You are listening to the How to Talk to Girls podcast with me, Trip Kramer. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the How to Talk to Girls podcast. I'm your host, Trip Kramer from tripadvice.com. If you didn't already know that, maybe you don't. Maybe this is your first episode here. I've been hearing from a lot of guys lately that they've been finding me on Spotify. That seems to be one of the hottest places next to maybe iTunes to listen to podcasts. So hello, any new Spotify listeners, it's good to have you. And hello, of course, to everyone else. Real quick, I just want to say thanks to anyone who's ever left a review. When you leave a review for me on the podcast, and of course, if you do it with like five stars, the best that you could do, and you say a couple words, it actually helps get this podcast out to more people. And it spreads the word because when you do it on... I don't know if you can rate it on Spotify, but if you rate it on iTunes, it helps with the algorithm when you have a lot of reviews and you have episodes coming out. It, it helps the algorithm and, and pushes you up in terms of the, the listing. So if you're leaving a review, which I've seen a bunch come in lately, thank you very much. I appreciate it. And what are we getting into today? Today, we're interviewing one of my most frequented guests. His name is Jonathan Astley, dating coach for women in their midlife. So he's coaching women over 40. And he's also a very good friend of mine. We did meet many years ago. I'd say this is probably around 2013. So we're looking at seven years ago, we met and we just hit it off. He was building his business as a dating coach for women. I was building my business as a dating coach for men. I was just a couple years in. And we just always kept in touch. And we see eye to eye on a lot of things. Also, it's funny, we also don't see eye to eye on things, but we have great conversations about it. And he's been a mentor of mine for for many years. And I'm happy to say I've been a mentor to him as well, even though he's he's older than I am, but I've helped him with uh, various aspects of his business. And and we just give each other... This is what true friendship is, by the way. I want to let you know here. If you, if you want to know what is true friendship, true friendship is not bullshitting your friend. When you have a friend and you can give them tough love and you can call them out on their shit and do things to make them a better person, that's a true friend. What a lot of people don't do, and I'm guilty of this, I really am, and I'm not like this in every single one of my friendships because it's not easy. But what most people don't do is they don't really build their friend up. Instead, they basically just kind of stand on the sidelines watching them do what they do and don't give what could be and what would be essential feedback to them. And it's hard because you got to be friends with someone and also yourself be able to take criticism and take an understanding of growth and being able to have difficult conversations. So Jonathan and I will both call each other out on our shit all the time. You know, like I might come to him for advice on something and he's not going to just, you know, pamper me and be like, oh, well, it's okay. And, you know, like, no, dude, this is the problem. This is the reason why you're in this situation. And I'll do the same thing with him. So I highly recommend in your friendships or in new friendships that you might create, try to be honest with them in a way that helps them. You know, And also, you, this is why most people don't do it. It's difficult conversations. People don't take it so, so lightly. They, they, you know, we all have egos. And so it hurts when we hear something that we're doing wrong. But if you can just be able to kind of push that aside for a second and look at it as a growth opportunity and you have a friend that does the same thing, well, then that's great. And you're on a good path to have a really deep and meaningful, awesome friendship. And 
having great guy friends in your life is very beneficial to you. So anyway, my long-winded point is I'm excited to have Jonathan on the podcast today. And, and he's coming on to talk about some of the complaints that women have about men. And we go over a few and I, and I, and I, in the middle of our podcast, this is why I love having him on because I'm just so real with him. And and we have this connection, me and him, because we talk all the time throughout the week. And so in the middle of this interview, I actually came up with a really great technique. And it's so cool that I'm going to be teaching it now in my courses and in my coaching and everything. And you're going to hear it actually happen live here on this episode. And it's a great technique. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ruin it. Just you'll get into it. You'll get into the material. But this is a great episode. We have a great time, and you're gonna thoroughly enjoy it and learn a lot of great stuff. So let's get into it. I'll I'll let it happen right here. This is my interview with Jonathan talking about some of the complaints that women have about men. Check it out. Hey, Jonathan, welcome back to the podcast. How you doing, man? Good, thanks. How about yourself, buddy? I'm doing good. It's always great to have you back on the podcast. Pretty sure at this point, you are the most frequented guest. How does that feel? (laughs) Wow, that feels awesome. I had no idea. I thought uh, you rock and roll with a lot of cool people. But oh, oh, I put myself in that category. So thanks, buddy. (laughs) Well, you should. You should. But, But yeah, as as people might know if they listen to the podcast a lot. You know, you and I are more than colleagues. We're also friends, which is probably the reason why I have you back on the podcast. And also, because we're friends, we end up having just really awesome conversations, a lot about relationships and success and self-love and self-esteem and just a lot of really interesting topics. And what's funny is today we're about to talk about a topic that you and I don't normally discuss, but I'm very interested in. And we're talking about some of the things that women complain about. And of course, you are one to talk about that because you are a dating coach for women. Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny. I mean, if people were the fly on the wall of our conversations just during the week that you and I have, I mean, that could be a podcast. Oh, that's it. Yeah, that's its own podcast. Yeah, I know. It's a shame we can't... You know what's funny is because... If I were to just record them, and, and unfortunately, because you know you're being recorded, you act a little bit differently. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. it'd have to be like almost as if like a, it was a reality TV show. Yeah. Like just, a secret microphone was capturing everything. Or just being recorded all the time. And so at that point, you don't even think about it. But yeah, but yeah no, yeah, we I'm glad we're talking about this because, Trip, I, I work, I know you work with men, I work with women. Every day, I'm hearing mostly complaints from women about men. Either either they want to know how to attract a guy or how to catch a guy and keep him in that sort of thing. And yet, most of the time, it's just complaint after complaint after complaint. And I don't mean that from a bad way. I'm just saying they're venting. And I think this conversation today could have a lot of value for men. Cool. You know what's funny? On the other end, guys, at least that I work with. I'm not saying that this doesn't happen. I see it as commentary on my YouTube channel and things like that all the time. But the guys that I work with in coaching, they're not complaining about women. It's interesting. They're more self-deprecating. They're more putting the women on a pedestal, thinking, oh man, I'm the one who sucks. I need to get better. So it's less of a complaint about women and more of a complaint about themselves. Isn't that interesting? 
Well, I, yeah, and I can understand that because I want to differentiate between the people that actually work with me versus those that are just, you know, following me on YouTube or on my podcast and that sort of thing or through my social media. It's because of those platforms I hear a lot of complaints. But once a client begins to work with me, you're right. It's kind of along that same line. It's more, you know, what am I doing wrong? What can I do better? You know, and they've put they've given their power away to men. So I think it actually goes both ways. Once someone actually recognizes they want help, I think they kind of look inward and go, how can I be better? And I think your clients do that and my clients, how can I be better instead of about the opposite sex? But I think this conversation is still incredibly important for both sexes or genders, excuse me. (laughs) Totally, totally. So, all right, let's get into it then. Let's just dive in. So what are some of the complaints or frustrations that women have when they're coming to you? What are they saying about men? Yeah. So like the number one thing, and it's kind of interesting because it, it, there's a t- two sides of this coin. One of their frustrations, let's use frustrations instead of complaints, is that men's actions don't match their words. Their actions don't match their words. In other words, their words are, oh, I'm totally into you. You're the woman of my dreams. And yet they don't follow up with phone calls. They don't follow up with dates. They jump in, then they jump out just as quickly. In other words, their actions don't match their words. Or, and I want you to comment on this one, or the flip side happens. Their actions are they're totally into you. They're calling you all the time. They're texting all the time. These are guys, right? Their actions seem totally into you. And yet their words are like, well, I don't know if I want a relationship. Yeah, I'm thinking about marriage in like 10 years in the future, that sort of thing. So their words don't match their actions. This is great. I, I want to comment on this. Okay. Okay. So, so, so here's what I'm seeing. In the first scenario, the guy is not into the to the. It's it, it's it's a dumb complaint because the, what the woman has to know. I'm not calling the woman dumb, but it's a no. dumb complaint because it's not a complaint. It's wake up. He's not interested in you, right? When he's not texting, when he's not, his actions don't match his words. That just means he's not interested. So this shouldn't be a complaint on men. It should be the fact that you know what? You got to move on. You have to learn when he is interested and when he's not interested. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Okay. Now, the other one is you're just not into him. Right? So, because imagine this, right? You're talking about needy, 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 right? Yeah. Now, and I've seen this a plenty of times. There are plenty of times when the girl does like the guy and he acts needy and he's out. Like she's becomes unattracted. But in the very beginning, if a guy is, you know, taking the action to do something or make something work, or, you know, maybe he's texting a little bit more than he should, if she's into him, it should in general work. So just to really generalize things. Well, where where I was going in the, let me jump in though, where I was going with the second scenario is his actions act like she's into him or he's into her, but his words don't. In other words, he's not really stating, he's not declaring, you know, he wants a relationship. He's not being definitive in his words. His actions may seem that way, but his words seem otherwise. And this is not, let me just be clear. This is more the the rare of the two things I'm talking about, because for the most part, women share with me their frustration is, the actions don't match the words, but it's but it's weird that it's the it goes the other way too, is what I'm saying. 
Yeah. No, totally. Totally. So, so yeah, I, I, let's, let's, let's keep going. What else you got? Well, this kind of follows up to the second frustration is mostly either wishy-washy or hot and cold behavior. In other words, the behavior from the man, one minute they're into you, the next minute they're not, they pull away and then they back into you. So there's this hot and cold wishy-washiness from a lot of men. Now, please keep in mind, my audience is mostly a divorced population. So it's people that are a little bit, you know, over 30 kind of thing, over 40. And so it's kind of natural to be a little bit inconsistent where 20-year-olds are a little bit more driven. 20-year-old men are, or 30-year-old men are a little bit more driven to choosing a wife. So they're more consistent in their behavior. But what happens after 40 sometimes is they've been divorced and they're going through traumas at, with, a, with an ex-spouse. Maybe they're going issues with work. And so they act hot and cold. And that's one of their frustrations. Got it. Which also still sounds like the case of he's just not that into you. You know, here's the hard part about that he's just not that into you. I mean, because you, you're oh, you're almost sixty. You're fifty eight. Oh my God! Did you have to say that publicly? I absolutely <laughs> had to. So the guys can know who they're talking to. No, that's oh, great. You have a God. lot. You have a lot of wisdom here. But you're yeah. fifty eight. Yeah. And what my point is is you're not going to act... We've talked. I know you. Yeah. You're not going to act wishy-washy if you like a woman. You're not. You're going to go for it. No, right? and you know what? Here's where the tricky part is, okay? And this is where it gets really kind of tricky. Unless I feel like... And I'm going to say, you know, kind of Cupid hit me in the butt. You know? <laughs> Unless I feel like, you know, like there's a strong connection between us, I might explore somebody out of curiosity to see if that becomes something a little more substantial. But the challenge is, is when you're in this state of maybe, that's where wishy-washy comes in because the whole, it's, I'm not that into you. Part of the problem is it takes time to really get to know another human being. It takes about a hundred hours of face-to-face time to really connect. So it can seem a little wishy-washy because, you know, there's a whole point of ca- calling it falling in love. It means it takes time before you get there. It's not but it like... Doesn't, but it doesn't... We, and you and I have talked about this before, and I think we both yeah. agree. Yeah. It doesn't take time, too much time, to figure out if they're a match. Yes. Well, to figure out a match, actually, that's a little bit trickier because it takes some experiences together to figure that out. But you're right. You know, for the most part... What did we say? Like, you you said this the other day on the phone, you said, realistically, you know within about six to nine months. Like, well, even six months, if the person is going to be a good match. Oh, oh, no, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Six to nine months to, you know, like, okay, so here's the thing. I think the first three dates to 10 dates is kind of that window where you go okay, I'd like to jump into a relationship with this person. In other words, somewhere between the third date and if, if you've gotten to 10 dates with a girl or guy, you know, you should know if you want to at least explore a relationship, okay? The wishy-washy, right. so that's the into you piece, okay? The wishy-washy comes when life gets in the way. In other words, I've got issues at work. I've got issues with the next spouse. I've got elderly, you know, I'm just saying you've got, stuff going on with friends, and, and that pulls your energy away from somebody. And this is where oftentimes wishy-washiness comes in. So it's not always about that he's just not that into you. And it could be 
He's just not that into you. This is why human behavior is so effing tricky. <laughs> right. Because, I mean, that's the whole name of the game. You and I wouldn't be doing what we're doing if it wasn't tricky, right? Exactly. Okay, let's go to another complaint. Well, this is probably the most significant one. And I think it's really important for guys to hear this because most men these days, except for those guys that know they want a wife, in other words, in your, especially the age demographic you work in, okay, they know they want a wife. They're actually kind of pursuing a relationship with a, with a little bit of an agenda. And what I'm not from a disingenuine place of agenda, but like, look, I don't want to invest time if it's not going to become something important. Okay. Here's the challenge. A lot of men, a lot of men have no, what I call no relationship direction. They have no relationship direction. In other words, they don't know if they want a significant relationship that leads to marriage or just someone that where you get companionship, connection, and sex. In fact, that's where most men operate from in the beginning, companionship, connection, and sex. And the frustration from women is the minute a woman has sex with a man, she bonds with him. There's a chemical released in her body called oxytocin, which literally makes her bonded to a guy. It's like an anchor around his, you know him. And so they want to explore long-term. And it's a challenge if men are just sitting there going, well, I don't know what I want. And I think the problem, trip, and you and I, I think you will appreciate this. I believe most people don't know the mechanics to a healthy, happy relationship. And there's a great book that helps men and women really figure out this thing called relationships and partnership. And that book is called Eight Dates by Dr. John Gottman. And you were the one who turned me on to that book. Yeah, I know. It's an interesting book. And I've been doing it with my girlfriend. We're about three quarters of the way through it. Okay, good. And I recommend it to my clients to do it with their partners. Because I work with some guys who are just about either in relationships or they are in relationships. And yeah, it is is good. I want to circle back to something you said though about wishy-washy on relationship. Here's my standpoint, okay? And I don't know, Jonathan, if we've talked about this that much, but my standpoint where guys should be is it has to be black and white, meaning you are either all in for getting a girlfriend, and if you're going to get a girlfriend, it means you're getting married. That's one side. The other side is you're not looking for a girlfriend at all. You're literally just looking for fun times, dating, casual sex, and that's it. But I don't think that you should be anywhere in between. And I'm saying that to you as an opinion, but I'm also directing this as advice to guys who are listening. There's nowhere in between. Well, looking for a girlfriend, it should, what's the point, right? Like you're not going to get a girlfriend if you're not going to get married. Why would you have a girlfriend? I'm not saying you're going to get married right away, but I am saying that that is the whole point of getting a girlfriend. And even further, I was just talking about this in a newsletter that I sent out. Even further, there's no point in getting a girlfriend if you're not going to get married and if you're not going to have kids. Because what's the point of getting married if you're not going to have kids? Otherwise, it it doesn't really favor men to get married. Like, There's no reason. But if you're going to have kids, it's different because having a family unit is better for raising children, things like that. So I believe 
You have to be all in on one. And if you're not, you don't want that. You don't want kids. You don't want to get married. It's not your thing or it's just not in your mindset right now. That's fine. Don't look for a girlfriend. Have fun. So this is my point so, I'm making about so, guys oh. trying to know what they what they should want. Yeah. And, and I'm in full agreement with you. And there's somewhere in the middle, though, that hasn't been addressed. And, and that's where I want to jump in is because there's that space where the guy just wants to have fun and enjoy his life and have no serious commitment. Then there's the other guy who's definitive. He knows what he wants. He wants full-blown commitment. He wants marriage. He wants children, that sort of thing. And he goes after it. The challenge is the middle piece. And the middle piece is this. And I said it earlier. I want companionship. I want connection. I want sex. But I'm only willing to put the bare minimum to get that. And a lot of people operate this way because they can't give full commitment. They're incapable of going to deeper level of intimacy. And this is whether man or woman, I see this time and time again, their capacity to go into deeper level of emotional intimacy is a challenge. And I'm sure a lot of guys are hearing this going, well, what's emotional intimacy? This is the place, and you've talked, you and I've talked about being vulnerable with your partner, being able to share an insecurity and know you're in a safe place. And so many people just don't feel safe. Depending, we've also argued about this too, depending on what the insecurity or problem is. Yeah. And I'm not saying you vomit all your insecurities. That's not what I'm talking about whatsoever. I'm saying even having a capacity to go, you know, something's bothering me and being able to share it. Yeah, and that's great. Hey, that's called boundaries. And, and yeah. I think a woman is going to respect you for that. You can't just go a whole relationship without explaining how you feel. No. It just all depends on what it is. you know. And I think that, by the way, I'm, I'm talking to you as a friend right now. Yeah. This, is, this is where you and I get a little mixed up. Like, you know, I know we talk about attraction a lot. And you're always <laughs> like, oh, it's a, uh, attraction and it's all kind of bogus. And I'm like, no, no, you got to you know, think about attraction. Anyways, out of context for the guys, but what I'm saying... By the way, I want to talk about that for a second. <laughs> okay, okay, we will, we will. So what I'm saying is, is that I'm never against communicating to my partner about something that's wrong or there's something that could be negative. What I have a problem with is coming ac- across insecure in a way where it's not needed to do that because it will kill attraction. So I want to come up with an example here. So, okay. Sure. Let's say, here's, here's an example where it's, I think it's okay to communicate with your partner. If you feel that your girlfriend, wife, whatever, disrespected you, you know, maybe she's, she's late and she's always late as an example and it's yeah. bothering you. Well, you could bring it up or you don't bring it up. I would say that's a situation where you do bring it up because this is not you trying to avoid dramatic conversations and kill attraction. This is a matter of respect is, hey, you know, I've noticed that the past three or four times we've been trying to hang out, you've been late. And I have to say, you know, I really don't like that. I'd really appreciate if you'd be more on time because I feel like it's disrespecting my time. Okay. So that's an example of somewhere where you might want to bring something up or maybe you feel like she's doing something where it's not a match. Now, on the other side of things, Trying to think, maybe you can. So help can I give you an example of the other one? Of the other, like an in, in insecure, where it's like, yeah, I'm going to give you an up with a friend one. or a therapist I'm, and not your girlfriend. 
So here's one where a lot of guys have an insecurity and you probably shouldn't bring it up with your partner so or someone you're dating. So you've been dating for a little while and your girlfriend decides to go out with her girlfriend and they're out drinking and partying. And, you know, you did the text message check-in and then all of a sudden, you know, she goes MIA because she's having a good time with her girlfriend. And you're climbing the wall. Oh my God, is she with another guy? Oh my God, is she sleeping with another guy? All that stuff starts- I haven't heard from her in an hour and a half. Yeah, I haven't, oh my God, is there something wrong? Did she not like me anymore? That's not an insecurity I think worth sharing. That's an insecurity worth looking inside of yourself because here's the challenge, Trip. We become so accustomed of constant communication, constant communication, constant validation that if we're not being validated and communicating every second of the day, it totally triggers our woundedness of abandonment kind of stuff comes up. So yeah. I agree with you. It's one thing to say, hey, I really appreciate, you know, if we could, if you, we could be more on time when we go out to events versus, you know, do you have to share that you're scared that she's with some other guy? when all it was, she was having a good time. I just figured out a great filter or a map or a mindset to help with this. Okay. It just, it just came up. I think this can cover most of the situations. Is You got to think when there's a problem and you're thinking about it, when you're dating someone or in a relationship or beyond, you got to sit down and you got to think, is this a me problem? Or is this a... And we can say her problem or like uh, her us problem. When I say us, it means like something in the relationship. If the answer is it's a me problem and you really got to be honest with yourself because sometimes it's hard. You got to really be honest with yourself. If it is, look inward. Figure this out on your own. Don't take this to her. This is a you problem. But if you're like, no, really, seriously, this is not a me problem. This is a her, something she's doing or something that's affecting the relationship then it's okay to bring it up. And I don't think that's going to be a problem with showing an insecurity, which does kill attraction. And I think attraction is very important in the relationship. We can go into that in a second. But what do you think about that filter? <laughs> oh, I love your idea. I think that's a great way to approach it. Is it a me problem or a we problem? And the, the challenge is to recognize that most of the time, it's a me problem, believe it or not. Yeah, of course. I would say yeah, probably like eight times out of 10. It's going to always be a me problem. So I start from the premise of I have to look inward because it's because and it's so easy. The ego or the mind can so do a, a mind trip on you and make it a, a we problem or a them problem. Actually, it's what's worse is it makes it a them problem. And then you're, you're at odds with one another and you're in a power struggle. So I want to just share my opinion on attraction real quick because you, oh, by the way, everyone who's listening, you know, Trip and I always kind of, for, we, we mess with each other on this one. I always jokingly say, I don't want to disrupt the delicate balance of attraction. And I get it. But it's not so much my issue of attraction, Trip. It's more the issue of respect. Where I'm more concerned about is if I'm, want to share something with my partner. And if that's going to cause her to disrespect me, I, that's what I want to look at. I'm not always so concerned about attraction. I'm more... When you and I have our conversations, it's more about respect is all. Yeah. Well, I think I know what you're saying in the sense of what? Of, of, of her respecting you? Yeah. In other words, if I shared an insecurity and that caused her to 
lose attraction. I'm more concerned, is that really, does she lose respect for me? Because I'd like to be able to share something vulnerable and know that I'm being respected for it. I, I know this is really kind of a complicated and we could do a whole podcast on this, but that's what I'm leaning into when I say that. Yeah, with you. yeah. No, and listen, it's it's not easy. This is something that you have to navigate as you go through it. I think using the filter that I came up with a little bit ago, I think that's a great idea. Good, you know, yeah. but uh, but yeah, no, I, I think that most men will get too emotional and let that take over to the point where they act out and they show their insecurities to the woman. I'm not yeah. saying, and, and by no means am I under the camp of, hey, dude, don't be emotional. Don't feel feelings. No, you're human. You're going to feel these things. You don't have to be stoic 100% of the time. It's not always possible, but it's what you do with those emotions. And if you're going to be a baby about it, and there are times when we can all admit we've been, and I, I've been there too. <laughs> Me too. Right? We've been babies. Like we're being babies about things. Like we're not. We're not stepping up to a mature level and looking inside. And so then what you do is you end up word vomiting to your girlfriend. I'm scared. I'm this and jealousy this and jealousy that and needy, 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 needy. And that is unattractive. And I don't blame yeah. her. I don't blame her. And by the way, I when I think about attraction and, and, and all those things and connection, I'm really all for more of the whole biological side of things. Like I get what women are attracted to and I get what men are attracted to. And it's just about understanding what those things are and then being able to balance them in the relationship. It's hard. It's not easy. And I know that Jonathan, you and I have both come to each other with some of these things. And we both had to kind of yeah. give each other tough love in dating situations where well, uh, we try to check each other on that. Yeah, no, I'm grateful for that between the two of us. Before we wrap up this podcast, I, I want to just finish one other thought, if that's yeah, okay. Please. And, and this is for the guys. That third frustration or complaint I shared was no relationship direction. I really want to say something to the guys here because women, believe it or not, despite some of the, you know, the way MGTOW guys think and everything else, and I'm sure I'll catch hell for just saying that, you know, women actually, for the most part, genuinely care deeply. And so it, I know a lot of times women are thrown under the bus that they don't care. They actually do care and they get attached to men. And not having a direction, I think is not cool. If you're going to... And what I mean is, it's one thing, hey, if you're just going to date someone for a few weeks and it's not going to go anywhere, that's one thing. But if you really are going to invest in a woman, then have a relationship direction and if you don't know what that looks like, then buy the book Eight Dates so you can learn how to have a relationship direction. Because you know what? When you go in with direction and a purpose, that demonstrates confidence. And there's nothing sexier to a woman than to be confident and know where your life trajectory is and how she might fit into your life. Cool. I like that. I like that. Why do you think that's important? I, I think that's important on a couple levels because the bottom line is this, trip. You know, it's... To go from one relationship to the next, to the next, to the next, I mean, that gets exhausting. And so, you know, wouldn't it be great if you kind of hit her home run sooner rather than later? And it's only fair to the woman too, because it not only becomes exhausting to her, she begins to doubt men. 
And you don't want them to be in my age demographic where they're bitter, jaded, and frustrated because they're continually doubting men because they have no direction, they're wishy-washy, and their actions don't match their words. Nice. Well said. Well said. Is there anything else you want to wrap up on? On uh, I know that you only have a few minutes left and we kind of caught you at a really quick time, but anything else you want to tell the guys? Because there's you got a lot of ears here. So they're they're listening to you. Well, can I make a pitch for my podcast? <laughs> Absolutely. Talk, yeah, tell them about it. So if you're gonna give me a and chance. your YouTube channel. I mean, you yeah. you're you're so, killing it. You're you're okay. I've been so having first, you on this podcast for years, and uh, just recently, Jonathan is just I mean, he's absolutely killing it. He's getting the attention of so many uh, people interested in his in his work. His All right. So first off, I have channel. to get my Props to my friend Track or Trip Kramer, excuse me, because you pushed me to get my YouTube channel going, and it's called Understand Men Now. And I've gone from a thousand subscribers to thirteen thousand in just a couple months, and let's hope I get to fifty by the end of the year. And I have a podcast called the What Would Love Do Podcast, where we explore life, love, and the pursuit of inner peace through the eyes of love. And that's more, even though guys, my my audience is women. I promise you. Go check out my podcast. Go check out my YouTube channel. The content there is for both men and women. And it's more about empowering each other. Let's get away from this divisiveness between men and women. And let's just start working together to create healthy, happy, awesome, delicious, juicy relationships. That's my invitation for everyone. I like that. Do me a favor. Never use the word delicious again as an adjective to anything other than food. And other than that, uh, <laughs> that's fantastic. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks for coming on. I'll let you go. You're the man. And I'm sure we'll have you on again in a few months because I really enjoy our conversations. And I'm sure that the guys do too. So thank you very much. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Have a great day. <laughs> 